Welcome to this podcast, made possible by Vision Australia Radio. Visit varadio.org, subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. Hello and welcome to Vision Extra, coming to you from Vision Australia Radio. We pay our respects to the traditional custodians, the Arunda peoples of Alice Springs. We acknowledge their deep connections to the band, community and living culture. We pay our respects to elders, past, present and emerging. We pay our respects to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders who are with us here today. It's great to welcome to the program, Ellie Hudson. Ellie is the Rehabilitation Consultant with Vision Australia. Ellie, great to meet you. Thanks so much for your time. Hello. Thank you for having me. Tell us where you are and where you work. Definitely. So, yeah, I'm based in Alice Springs or in Pantway, the locals call it, which is in the middle of Australia. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting here at the moment in the Congress Allied Health Office, which is where I spend most of my days. How long have you been in the role? So I've been here since uh, November last year, so about eight months now. And how are you finding it? I am loving it. It's great <laughs> great to work here in Alice Springs and um, quite unique role to be in. I'm learning a lot and um, yeah, it's been great so far. Now, I believe Vision Australia had someone in your role before you as well. There's, there's been work going on in that area for a little bit of time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've been doing services in Alice Springs for a while. And um, before me, there was Jared, who was another OT who was working here in Alice Springs uh, last year for a few months. And um, before that, we were doing fly-in and fly-out work. So um, we're wanting to have that presence on the ground here to deliver f- more services to people living in such a remote location. Mm, that's obviously very, very important. Without obviously giving too much as far as um, individual privacy uh, issues might go, give us a bit of an idea of the sort of work that you do and I guess some of the challenges and some of the rewards. Definitely, yeah. So I'm working here in Alice Springs um, as a vision OT, I like to call myself. So I see people across the age um, spectrum. So um, I've even had someone as young as a couple months old right up mm. into someone who was 100. So it's been really, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really um, wide spectrum of people there and seeing a range of clients, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous too. And, um, yeah, there's, I've been learning a lot of new skills as a clinician but also learning a lot from the people I'm seeing as well. So, here being a vision OT or a vision rehab consultant, I um, am delivering services a little different to how they might be delivered in other locations for Vision Australia. So as I said, we don't have an office, but um, I am here working and living on the ground here, delivering services as they need or as people are referred. And um, I work in a bit more of a transdisciplinary way. So where I can, I might get some advice before the session, before I go out to do some um, support people with using their phone, say, so some assistive technology where you might double tap your screen to make it bigger so Mm. you can see all of your Facebook posts and send people messages or you might look at using more audio forms so how you can talk to your phone and use voiceover and things like that. Where I've needed to, I've had the um, assistive technology so I've worked with Steve um, who came in for a session with me and a client where we looked at using the OrCam and we had that funded for a client too. 
Um, so that was interesting. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, lots of different things from sort of the basic or the lower end things such as like tactile markers or even the simple elastic band can make a big difference to people. And then also the other end of the spectrum with some larger pieces of technology like CCTVs and things like that. Billy, how much travel do you do? Do you, do you sort of get out and about a fair bit as well? Because I guess... Um, you know, is distance a bit of an issue for some of the surfs that you try and deliver? Yeah, if you have a look at the map of Central Australia, it's very, very remote. So <laughs> where I'm sitting is um, there's MM areas, which are sort of the travel jurisdictions that the NTIS use, and I'm sitting in MM6, and then 100 kilometres out of Alice Springs is MM7, so that's the most remote that you can get. Um, so at the moment, my I'm mainly delivering services in Alice Springs, but as there's clients referred and as there's need, then we're definitely looking at ways and uh, making plans for doing the trips to more remote areas. So at the moment, we've got a client from Western Australia who's been referred. So it's an eight-hour drive from Alice Springs, but much easier to access that community from Alice compared to our Perth office. So uh, car travel is, is sort of the, the way to go? I mean, I guess, um, uh, you know, yeah. like planes, can, can they be a, a way yeah, of Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's as well? a real mix. Yeah, it's a real mixture. It depends because it is handy to have a car when you're out in these remote areas, um, but there are a lot of charter flights, but it depends how remote somewhere is. Flights don't go every day mm. um, to places, so, yeah, just a bit more organisation with that. But definitely there's a lot of people who drive, but a lot of the roads are all corrugated, so it makes for a bit of a rough drive, mm-hmm. and no one really wants to be driving more than four hours, or some places are more than eight hours drive, so it's a lot of driving so you've got to share the drive and work with other people. So a part of my role is um, working alongside a lot of other organisations. That's why our key focus is partnering with some um, key stakeholders here. Like Congress is the main one who I'm working with. So I'm in amongst the allied health team here. But there's a lot of other services that go out and see people around. So like MPY Women's Council is another organisation as well. So, yeah, it just depends on that individual basis who the person is connected in with, and then we'll link in with their other supports. Um, Purple, Purple House is another spot as well in town. So they have a, a couple of sites in town, but also go out to some remote communities to support people who are on dialysis. So a lot of the people who use their services have long-standing diabetes, which means they're more likely to have some diabetic retinopathy and things like that. A lot of people in Central Australia have cataracts as well, but a lot of people might choose not to have the surgery, so they're living with preventable blindness so I'm working on developing some resources or supporting people to understand more about the surgery and what options they have and supporting them through those choices. I guess uh, with the travel thing you've also got the uh, sometimes the unpredictable thing of uh, weather conditions and and the the role that they might play on some of the roads as well that can uh, sometimes be a bit challenging as well. Yeah definitely yeah through uh, we had a lot of flooding in Mm. uh, November we had 100 mil of rain in one day which was like the biggest flood for 20 years then we had another lot of big rains in February too. So that makes it really challenging. A lot of uh, places in Central Australia are actually closed off and 
can't get food supplies. And if you remember in the news, there was the main Stuart Highway that in uh, South Australia that was washed away as well as the train line. So yeah, that's right. That was quite a few days worth, wasn't shortages it? And yeah, definitely. It was very interesting yeah. going to Woolworths. Yeah. <laughs> trying to pick out a meal from what was on the shelves. <laughs> yes, we laughed, but I'm sure it would have been very, very serious. So you yeah. talked about uh, people with, say, uh, kidney health and also uh, diabetic retinopathy. Are they some of the sort of primary um, conditions that uh, you're working with? Yeah, definitely, yeah. There's a lot of, um, unfortunately, people really young. I, I think the other day I was talking to someone who was supporting a child or someone who was as young as 13 who, who's been diagnosed with diabetes. So mm. people are just getting um, all of these chronic health conditions so early on. Even things like trachoma is um, up in like the 20% rate in some of the remote communities here. So that's an eye infection that can lead to blindness over repeated infection. So there's a big trachoma team that go around and support people with education and um, prevention and treatments. Um, a lot of trauma as well. So people might have injury to their eye. Yeah, a lot of cataracts and yeah, diabetic retinopathy. So yeah, a few areas there. So I guess from an op- occupational therapist's point of view, it, it would be challenging, but also uh, give you a chance to sort of express your skills as well. Probably uh, be a, a very good way of expanding your horizons. Uh, you know, maybe the sort of stuff that you might have learnt in the classroom, but you might have to do a bit of adaptation as far as. Uh, your skills go, sort of uh, applying them to uh, the specific uh, tasks rather than, uh, you know, applying them in a more generic way. Yeah, definitely. And a a big learning for me being here in Alice Springs is learning more about the Arundel people or the local um, First Nations people here and trying to apply our different visual principles to what's suitable for ways that they live or what's important to them. So, when people live with a lot of chronic health, their vision might be like the ninth important condition on their list of health conditions, you know. So getting to the optometrist might not be as important as going to your dialysis appointments and things like mm. that. So, yeah, it's been really interesting, a good challenge learning how we can apply the visual principles of vision enhancement. So how we can look at adapting the environment to make things more accessible through making things bigger, brighter or bolder or looking at vision substitution where we might use your other senses like hearing, touch and smell, um, memory, organisation, even technology. Although technology is a bit more challenging to use here if you don't have access to the internet or you can't afford to pay for electricity to even have a working fridge, let alone to charge your iPad or your electronic magnifier. So a lot of people here go without wearing glasses um, and they need to get a lot of replacement glasses or they might use um, glasses from the $2 shop or things like that. Um, things just go missing and because of how rugged the environment is as well things don't last as long so that can be a challenge too but also yeah not many people are going to the optometrist so supporting in that um, eye health promotion space trying to get people with some regular eye checks and prevent that vision loss because there is a lot of preventable vision this year I was up at the National Indigenous Eye Health Conference, which was amazing to go to. It was in Darwin and it had all people right around Australia who work in Indigenous eye health. So all of the ophthalmologists and optometrists from 
WA and all over. Um, so it's really interesting hearing their approaches around working alongside with different art shows, which is Aboriginal community health organisations, which is similar to what we're doing here in Central Australia with Congress and how you work alongside them to um, support and build engagement and uptake of services. So you have more people getting eye checks. Sounds like you're doing a really good job there, Ellie, but it also sounds like, and you know, fantastically so, that there's a lot of collaboration with other organisations sort of coming together to deliver the best possible services. That that sounds like a real focus of, uh, pardon the pun, but a real focus of the work that you're doing to to not just kind of do it all on your own, but to have that uh, collaboration. Definitely. That's our key focus. And we're really wanting to collaborate and that's where you get the best outcomes for people. So there's a lot of uh, good organisations and people doing some great work here in Central Australia. Things like um, Fred Hollows and Brian Holden Mm. Institute and um, things like that. Yeah, so it's been great to work alongside them and hear their insights and um, be able to work together. So yeah, it's really exciting um, working in this space and identifying some gaps in some services or seeing what clients are requiring and then um, following up with providing that support. So, yeah, yeah. Some of those names, Fred Hollows and Brian Holden, I mean, we've actually had the pleasure of speaking to them on the program over the years and, uh, uh, you know, I don't think either of them are no longer with us, but uh, their, their work obviously lives on, which is a great testament to their uh, uh, to the legacy that they're leaving. Definitely, yeah, they're, they're leaders in this area, that's for mm. sure. And the uh, Melbourne University have got a leading Indigenous eye health space as well. So they've got a lot of resources and doing a lot of research and um, provide support with that, um, which is great. A lot so of stuff happening. How long are you there for? Uh, is it sort of a, a, a determined amount of time or you, you stay there uh, for as long as you like? What's the situation with that? Yeah, so when I applied for the job or the role, it was a 12-month position. So that was from October is when I started. Um, but it's an ongoing commitment that Vision Australia has made to having services here for clients to access in Atlas Springs. So it's going to be an ongoing thing. And, um, oh yeah, at the moment I'll, I'm thinking I'll be staying on definitely past Christmas so I've been enjoying it a lot here and um, who knows how long I might stay here it's pretty um, open which is great but if anyone's interested I'll um, yeah very welcome to um, to anyone who's interested as well there's a lot of work that needs to be done so Mm. Yeah, it'll build over time. So as we get more referrals and um, as things build, there might be more than just the one person working in Alice Springs as well. Well, it sounds like you're doing work for uh, more than one person, Ellie. sounds like you've got a very full workload. Thank you for spending a little bit of time with us and congratulations on the work that you're doing. And thank you so much for giving us a little insight into the work that goes on there. Uh, I guess when we're hundreds of kilometres away, we probably don't appreciate it, but you've given us a glimpse and we've really appreciated that. We wish you well and um, it'll be good to maybe catch up with you again in the future. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great talking and yeah, I'm all than happy to um, meet up another time and have another chat and hope everyone's enjoyed a bit of that insight from Alice Springs and um, you're always welcome to come up and visit. <laughs> Let me know when <laughs> we, you're passing through. <laughs> we will do that and drop <laughs> it's in. beautiful and say hello. country here. <laughs> it's lovely. Thanks, Ellie. <laughs> Thank you. That's Ellie Hudson there, who's a, well, she calls herself a vision OT or vision rehabilitation consultant working for Vision Australia in the area of Alice Springs. That is it for the program. If you've missed some of them, maybe you'd like to hear it again. You can search for Vision Extra on the iTunes Store 
on Spotify or your favorite podcast service. Thanks for listening to this Vision Australia radio podcast. Visit varadio.org to find out more about our podcasts.